You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. <laughs> Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday live edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We all wish Barry Bonds had gotten into the Hall of Fame, but somebody related to Justin Verlander had to bring up Babe Ruth making a crazy accusation to argue for Bonds' inclusion in the Hall. So you know we have to talk about that right up top because I think it's the most I've laughed in 2022 for sure. Also, an Aroldis Chapman trade, more realistic than you might think. We're going to break down exactly why. And a shortstop option the Yankees cannot, will not, should not, must not be trading for, but are apparently in the final four of teams that are interested in him. So we got to break it down, folks. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it and join us live on YouTube. Two o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays, all off-season long. We're going to be summarizing the rumors for you. They better start soon because we're. Uh, I, I've started a lot of episodes in a row by saying we're getting bored. Thomas Carinante, this time I'm no longer bored. I promise you I have never had more enjoyment at reading a tweet than I did when I saw what Justin Verlander's brother Ben said on Wednesday about Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, and the Hall of Fame. So yeah. let's just start there. Yeah, great, a great parallel to draw, um, especially when something's been completely not proven. If if that's if that's I know Barry Bonds' steroids allega- allegations secondly haven't been proven, but uh, 
for Ben Verlander, did uh, do you have the screen? You you read yeah. the screen grab because he just he deleted the tweet, folks. <laughs> he deleted, deleted the tweet, tweet finally. Yeah, yes. after we more than twenty four hours. Way more than twenty four hours. I. <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Insane. There are so many angles you can go to talk about. Barry Bonds oh, isn't in the Hall endless. of Fame, but such and such is. You, you can go with on-field, you know, players like Harold Baines are in the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds isn't. That seems pretty embarrassing. Bill Mazeroski's in there. Barry Bonds isn't. You know, that that doesn't totally line up. You can talk about the early days. Ty Cobb. A lot of, of accusations of avowed racism there. He's spiking people. He ran into the stands and beat someone unconscious. That happened. That's an argument people bring up a lot with the character clause of Pete Rose and Barry Bonds. Uh, Cap Anson, one of the pioneering first basemen of the 1880s, was openly, virulently racist. People bring that up a lot. Ben Verlander chose something I've never seen in my life and hopefully will never see again. His quote, which again, screenshotted uh, for posterity because... He, he took him 24 hours plus to delete it, but in preparation for this podcast, I realized he finally did. It's gone. Ben's tweet woke up, woke up thinking about this, by the way. Woke up? Whoa, this was your first thought this morning? You're getting your morning Joe, man, your egg and waffles. And you woke up. Did you wake up in a start? Like, oh, I got to tweet this thing about Babe Ruth. Or like, did you just wake up and it was kind of the first thing you thought of? Woke up thinking about how Babe Ruth set his poor wife, Helen, on fire. Yet the moral gatekeepers are keeping Barry Bonds, the greatest hitter of all time, out of the Hall of Fame. Babe Ruth, also one of the greatest hitters of all time. He and Bonds are in the same stratosphere. So it's not like you're comparing an inferior talent with allegations against him to Barry Bonds' allegations of steroids. And anyway, anybody who sends their wife on fire isn't in my Hall of Fame. That's somebody who I'm kicking out of my Hall of Fame, too, just to be perfectly clear. However, there is no evidence Babe Ruth lit a fire uh, you certainly didn't light his wife on fire he didn't approach his wife with fire and then put it on her until she passed away it was his ex-wife uh who died in a fire three years after they had separated the fire was in boston babe was in new york after she passed away uh it was also a mistaken identity no one knew she was babe ruth's ex-wife she had established a new life as the wife of this dentist it was several days before anybody realized it was Babe Ruth's ex-wife. When reached for comment, Ruth was very apologetic. Said, you know, I have not spoken to her much lately. This is very tragic. Um, all this is to say there's no indication Babe Ruth is connected to this whatsoever. Um, and somebody asked Ben Verlander in the replies, like, did this happen? What are you talking about? And he was like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But it's really sketchy timing and the, the picture he added, the evidence of the timing being sketchy, was just somebody saying Babe Ruth remarried three months later. And again, he he wasn't married to this person anymore. She's an ex-wife. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't want relationships to end. It makes me sad when a relationship ends, when a marriage dissolves. It's almost as sad as someone being set on fire. But it does happen. And usually when a marriage dissolves, both parties sort of end up finding new love. That, that does occur. That's normal. Um, babe had a new partner so did his ex-wife and she you know she died in a house that burned down really really sad not funny no. at all that that happened but for ben Verlander to accuse babe ruth of murder yesterday morning waking up thinking about how babe ruth did a murder what is going on that's like the last thing that anybody would ever 
have thought of when you're when you're <laughs> I never would have thought of that. Hall, when you're comparing Hall of Fame arguments. Oh, what are the what are the character transgressions we've experienced over time? Oh yeah, Babe Ruth <laughs> set his wife on fire. He didn't he worded it so poorly. It's just psychotic, psychotic behavior. Not only did he word it, and it's weird because he's so he's so anti-Yankees that he went to the depths to pull the I'm not saying this is anti-Yankees and I'm not saying we're defending Babe Ruth because <laughs> no. because we're Yankees fans and this is what we have to do to stand up for our team, but like million other examples that have a lot of weight, that have a lot of evidence behind it. There is no evidence behind this. It's a mere conspiracy based on you connecting the dots as as an internet sleuth trying to figure out what may have happened. 80 uh, 90 years ago it's over 90 years at this point you have no idea what happened just because he was separated from his wife and his wife died in a house fire does not mean babe ruth a burned his wife or b hired a hitman to light the house on fire i i have nothing else to say other than ben verlander is the jared carabas of fox sports i can't stand the takes his 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 uh his discourse on baseball is so bizarre. He'll just start the day being like, hey, what team do you think will be good next year? I'll start the Kansas City Royals. And then it just, here we go. Let's okay. let's talk about teams that might have a good season next year. Awesome. Good tweet. Offering no, no, no insight. His claim to fame is breaking his brother's deal this year with the Astros. Big scoop. Not even a scoop. Um I mean, you do you, man, I guess. But, like, you know, you do something like that, you're going to be in the crosshairs of criticism. We can't sit here and not address that at all. Um, hope I don't have to address him again um, or bring up anything relative to him in in this in this type of conversation where we're making allegations about somebody 90 years ago again, which I'm sure – the, uh, the Hall voters also back then were like they let they let people in regardless of these insane transgressions. So like you could have picked again a million other ones that had that had legs to them that had plenty of evidence or uh, you know like you said Ty Cobb runs in the stands beats a fan. That's a thing that happened. People mm-hmm. witnessed it happen. <laughs> Nobody witnessed this happen because there was nothing to witness. I guess there was nothing at all to witness. Um, I know the only reason to compare Bonds and Ruth was because of their their accomplishment level. They're both the leaders of a certain statistical category um, with home runs and RBIs and all that. Um, but biggest stretch here that you could possibly make. Um, insane for somebody working at a media company, too. I know it's all fun and games on the Internet. We like to screw around all the time and make jokes, but like... <laughs> And I know Babe Ruth's dead, so it doesn't matter. It's not like this is going to come back and be slander on Babe Ruth's mm-hmm. ba- Babe Ruth's reputation. But come on, let's be a little bit more nuanced and, and maybe uh, a tad more intelligent with our arguments here. Plenty of things and parallels to draw. This was not it. Uh, Babe Ruth, folks, did not light his wife on fire. Ex-wife. I think it's really important to note a couple things. Uh, he didn't delete the tweet. I don't know why I couldn't find it earlier, but really? I went to look at Dallas Braden's replies because I know he had a good one, and it's here. It's You can all still okay. see Ben. Ben's tweet is here. Um, okay. But 12 minutes ago, he replied to his own tweet, allegedly. Just Same. the word allegedly. Oh, it's, allegedly. It's actually, it's actually not even allegedly. It's just being no. alleged by you. Yes. No one else is alleging this. Correct. Um, I guess we do need to say I, I'd heard of Murderer's Row, but never like this. I guess before <laughs> we get off the pod. Um, Dallas Braden replied, this is not a road you want to go down, friend. 
dot, dot, dot. And Ben said, I've been down the Babe Ruth rabbit hole more times than I care to admit. That's obvious. Um, somebody replied, accusing someone of murder. That's a pretty low level to stoop to because someone you like didn't make the Hall of Fame. Pretty childish, kind of like Bond's not getting the attention he wanted, so he took steroids to get it. And somebody replied in a Red Sox hat in the profile picture, Google it. It's true. Again, cards <laughs> are Tim. I Googled it. It's not true. Somebody else who I don't want to use their legal name, but their handle is Kudge5. So welcome, Kudge. Um, responded to somebody else saying, you know, this is not real. Quote, they were legally married and he was wanting to marry another woman. Ruth was the most powerful star in the world. Not saying he did it, but not unlikely that he could have. You can't just go around saying that. You can't yeah. say that. No. The biggest uh, Mickey Mantle was the biggest baseball star in the world in the 50s. It's not unlikely he orchestrated the JFK assassination. <laughs> he could have if he wanted to. He had the star power. I mean, oh, man, man. man alive. What are we doing here, folks? Yeah, I'm he's... done. I mean, congrats. Ben congrats. keeping the tweet up but replying allegedly with a little asterisk star is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. If I mean, we're live now. Ben tweets at me in the next... 25 minutes he can hop on the pod i would love to hear what what justin verlander's brother has to say about i mean we tagged him this morning in the article we wrote about it i just tweeted out this podcast again we're, we're live on twitter we're live on youtube ben if you're around let me know about the babe ruth rabbit hole because right now i i mean it's pretty slander to say Crazy. and again the phrasing lit his wife on fire folks <laughs> folks <laughs> folks uh, can't even use now. We don't even we can't even use allegedly correctly. It's gone from you know accusing people of things and and using the word allegedly to now just accusing people of things that hold no weight and then sneaking in allegedly in there. Oh no, I protected myself. I said allegedly. No, I yeah, alleged it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can allege whatever I want, but some are. It's Trump. Many people are saying it's like yeah. many people are alleging. Babe Ruth lit his wife on fire. All right, guys, we got to move on. I just I can, I can do this for another hour, but I won't. Because you know what? You know what's going to happen now is the freezing cold takes guy is going to screenshot this with like an old newspaper that claims Babe Ruth actually lit his wife on fire. The, the 1920s freezing cold takes. Excuse me. Oh, not too hastily, sire. There's, the actually, yeah, there's actually evidence. Frigid, frigid cold yellow journalism telling me that Babe, Babe Ruth actually did it. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm speaking, having a great time. Speaking of things that were once upon a time on fire, Rollis Chapman's fastball. Uh, mm -hmm. Rollis Chapman can no longer differentiate himself as a closer. Uh, 100 miles an hour isn't quite 105. Uh, and Rollis Chapman's claim to fame back when the Yankees traded for him in a questionable move back in 2016. We didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it. And then he ended up being here until now. It's been That's been life. Um Throws triple digits still, takes him time to get there, tried to reinvent reinvent himself this year with a slider. Did it work? It did for a little while, and then it stopped. Mm -hmm. uh, tried to do a lot of stuff with off-speed. Then he had a weird finger issue and kind of went off the rails. Um, so now we're looking ahead. 2022. It's a contract year for Oldest Chapman. Again, Yankees overpaid him. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. He's been making between 16 and $18 million, uh over the course of his tenure uh, here. Um, one AL scout talked to NJ.com uh, as recently as yesterday, I think, um, and said that he would make Jonathan Loisega the Yankees 2022 closer. Interesting. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think a lot of fans would be opposed to that. 
I am skeptical because Loisaga has had a lot of growing pains before his career year this past season. So I don't know if he's quite ready to be the closer for an entire season. Um, but he's got the stuff. Um, and he's clearly got the ability because he was placed in a lot of high pressure situations last season and he got the job done more times than not. Um, but now it leads you to believe what are the Yankees going to do? Are they going to actually do this? Probably not. But if you look at a role, Chapman situation in its totality, trading him really is not out of the question. It's really not because hmm. why one, so many teams across the league every single year are looking for an effective closer. Look at the market for closers. Um, in the offseason when guys are free agents and look at the market for closers before the trade deadline. Craig Kimbrell was traded this past year for a tremendous player in Nick Madrigal. We've seen plenty of deals in the past go down where teams are surrendering multiple assets, top two, top 10 prospects for guys who can hold down the fort, even in the eighth inning, even setup guys go, go for that high. Um, so now you look at Chapman, it's not entirely likely he would fetch a lot in a trade. He's in a contract year, like we said, making $16 million. But we're talking about the Yankees here, guys. Yankees want to save money. They do. They really do. Again, they're probably going to they're gonna orchestrate some sort of financial gymnastics where they're either minimizing the tax bill or they're getting under again. I know. I, don't, I hope it doesn't happen, but we don't know what the new CBA is going to do um, in terms of uh, readjusting these finances. Um, so you look at Chapman's situation, really didn't have that great of a 2021. Um, he was lights out for the first, what, two months. Wheels started coming off in June. Yeah. Incredible in April. Incredible. Pretty damn good in gave May. Up, and then yeah. gave up one run. I think in his first 20 games, he had a negative FIP, like through his first 20 games. It was, it was unreal. Then whatever happened, happened. Um, and you're looking at a situation, and is it that crazy the Yankees trade him? I really don't think it is because, one, he's making all that money. If the Yankees are doing anything in regard to upgrading at first base, at shortstop, in center field, bringing in another starting pitcher, those things are going to cost money. You can't, It's hard to find those um, positions and players um, on the cheap. You could find relief help on the cheap. The Yankees have done it plenty in the past. Chad Green... Clay Holmes, speaking of Clay Holmes, if they were to make this switch, Jonathan Loisaga, closer, Clay Holmes, setup man. Again, I think a little risky because Clay Holmes was really not great leading up to his trade to the Yankees, but the Yankees, they unearthed something in him, and he was able to do whatever he did during the second half of the season, and it saved the Yankees' bullpen. So the Yankees have had a history of going out and getting cost-effective relievers. Um, Loisaga also being one of them, they traded for him years ago, what, from the Giants or something, or did the Giants cut him? And they picked them up. It was something something like that. Yeah. Either way, they have an eye for this, is all I'm trying to say. Chapman had trade restrictions every year on this extension that he signed. Three-year 48 extension. Three-year $48 million extension was like the year before he signed it, he had trade restrictions. And then the first two years. Now, it was uh, 2020 and 2021, he couldn't be traded to the five teams on the West Coast. So that really took out a big market of his because you look at the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are a team that would trade for him. Feels like a team that would, especially with Kenley Jansen now hitting free agency. The Angels, perpetually bullpen problems left and right. I'm sure Artie Moreno would pay money for that. The Mariners are now contending. Could they use another guy in the back end of the bullpen after getting rid of Kendall Graveman? Giants, maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Um, A's, not going to happen. So take them out. That's not going to happen. You got four teams that could realistically do it. Um, And then you look at 
you go back five years. So when the Yan when the Yankees traded for Chapman, um, and then traded him to the Cubs, and then got Glaber Torres, and then traded him, and then had to sign him again that that offseason, they submitted two offers to closer free agents that offseason. One was Roldis Chapman. The other one was Kenley Jansen. Guess yeah. guess who's a free agent this offseason? Kenley Jansen. Will he cost as much as the Roldis Chapman? I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm not sure he might. I think he might He might be in the 12 to 14 range. I don't think you're going to be paying 15 or more million for Kenley Jansen. And if the Yankees want to do a short-term deal with him and make it work and save a couple million and get rid of Chapman's contract when they when they know they might be able to and they know that they can you know, rid themselves of the headache because he has been so up and down, whether it's the regular season or whether it's the postseason, that they could they could rid themselves here if they wanted to upgrade again. The opportunity is there. Or they could just go the route of get rid of Roldis Chapman, save all this money, trade for some relief help with the assets that we have on the roster, and then go from there. Because if, you're get, if, if the Yankees have the eye for these low-cost relievers, and it's possible for them to rebuild the bullpen in a sense. Because remember, Zach Britton's not here. And the, and the bullpen survived last year without Zach Britton. If they could figure out a way to lessen Chad Green's workload, emphasize Clay Holmes' strengths, get Wandy, uh, get Wandy Peralta in a, in a more maximized role based on what he was able to do. I know it's a risk because a lot of these guys just had this you know jump into prominence where you were like, Who's this guy? Don't even know him. Oh, his spin rate's high. Who gives a shit? Great. Okay, then he's 2.2 ERA, 1.05 whip, dominating lefties. Okay, great. So now they have roles for all these guys. You get rid of someone who's holding down the payroll in Chapman, who's one of the, I think, four highest paid players on this team. I don't think, I really th don't think it's that insane, especially if they if they trust Loisega. Um, based on what this AL scouts is saying. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, the Mariners stand out as the Mariners and Dodgers definitely stand out as the teams most likely to do something sort of crazy like this. The Dodgers do turn nonsense into chicken salad, just like we do in the bullpen. They, yeah. they But last year they were just grasping at straws and they pulled Phil Bickford out of nowhere and they pulled Alex Vesia out of nowhere. And, and so they've shown a propensity to do that. But do you want to enter October without your closer? Like you need a closer closer. Blake Trinan's your closer closer. That's great. Then you don't have a guy in the eighth inning or you get a genuine stopper and keep Trinan in the eighth inning because he was really good there. I don't know why you'd, you know, you're, you're taking a semi risk elevating Blake Trinan. The, the Angels did just sign Iglesias again uh, to a four year, $58 million deal, but Artie Moreno what? is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. December 1st. Um, so who knows if that's just like, you know, maybe Artie's nuts and maybe a world of Chapman's going to transition. And, uh, you know, the Rysel is a Cuban as well. It's pretty interesting. You know, one, two punch in your bullpen, maybe one year of a role as Chapman. I don't yeah. think they extend him too, but that's something to keep an eye on. I just can't imagine. Kenley Jansen is the Yankee stopper is very interesting for a number of reasons. He did have a resurgence last year. He probably, you know, cost whichever team signs him a couple of million dollars. Uh, over where he probably would have been, but he's aging. I don't think you can pay. I don't think you can rationalize going more than two years for Kenley yeah. Jansen if you're if you're the Yankees, especially. But the most confident I was in the bullpen at any point last year was granted it included Luis Severino uh, right at the end of the year, and that's ideally not something that happens in 2022. I don't want Luis Severino in the bullpen ever. But the most confident I was in the bullpen was that September stretch, right when I needed to be the most confident, and it was. Clay Holmes, Loisaga, Wandy Peralta, Michael King all of a sudden. 
Uh, none of the people I wanted to see come in from the bullpen was a role as Chapman. Chapman yeah. was absolute bottom of that totem pole right right by chad green who's going to be a free agent too and i I think if the yankees are smart they're also entertained trading chad green this offseason uh when things open back up because they've proven i don't want to go into the postseason with a bunch of names who've never had closer pedigree it's not it's not ideal it's not my goal but they lost zach Britton. they adjusted on the fly and when they adjusted on the fly chapman was the guy i absolutely did not want to see come in in a close game um again basically neck and neck with chad green Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to get those numbers off the books this year, which Green is still pre-arb, you know, I mean mid-arb pre-extension, uh, he's just you know a, a, a controllable asset. Chapman is somebody who's been extended at a very high price tag. I still can't believe they renegotiated his contract after 2019. I, I was just ready to say goodbye. I was ready to take the hit. At that point, it would have been kind of annoying to lose Chapman. You know, have his last moment on the mound be the Altuve homer. 2020, you really want a pedigree. Same deal with this year. You want a pedigree closer in there, and I was like, well. You know, I'd rather have Chapman than not have him, but I guess because of the money, I'll, I'll have to make that sacrifice. Then the Yankees went out of their way to just bend over and pay him again. And it was like, hey, what are we doing here? That's that's a lot of, again, a lot of money for Oldest Chapman. Like you just escaped the Oldest Chapman contract and then you gave yourself a longer Oldest Chapman contract. So whatever they can do to get him off the books, we said this, you know, we said they should do this last year. He came out with a splitter and made us all look like fools and then had the worst June of his life. Yeah. And like, the finger issue notwithstanding, I don't know what that issue is. It seemed to never correct itself. It seemed to be months on end that he had some sort of fingernail problem. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that June was, if you weren't already soured on Chapman's inconsistency, that June should have done it for you. That was uh, an unwatchable stretch. And, you know, his, his meltdown against the Angels uh, at 2 in the morning did cause me to declare the season over for the first time, and I still think that's reasonable. That was That's the kind of thing you don't come back from. And, and again... You know, at the end of the year, kind of was what ended the season because they ended up one game behind the Red Sox. And yep. if they'd won one of the easiest to win games, the entire it was harder to blow that lead than it was to blow the seven two lead in Houston. Houston's yeah. a scary place. Astros hit. You know, Yankees bullpen was decimated at that point. Yankees Everybody was, was on, everyone was on the COVID list. Loisaga was out. Yeah. Like that, that was much easier. I mean, it was it, it was so impossible. <laughs> It hurt a lot, but it was easier to blow that than 7-3 against the Angels. When the Angels have spent the whole game, you know, basically not putting up runs. It's been five innings since they've done anything. And then suddenly at 2 in the morning, they're hitting game-time grand slams and then beating Lucas Lickie. Uh, I digress. Anything we could do to get Chapman off the team, the better. Uh, talking Yankees trade options at this point, I prefer talking Yankees trade options when they're, you know, get Chapman out of here, figure out another way to handle the bullpen. I'd rather not talk about them when the Yankees are among the four finalists for Diamondback shortstop Nick Ahmed, but it appears that they are. That's another stopgap we've heard over and over again. And this is just MLB trade rumors. It's not necessarily like talks are heating up because, mm-hmm. of course, they're not. They can't. Um, but MLB trade rumors was the latest one to connect Nick Ahmed to the Yankees. He's a defensive wizard in short, or at least he was. Now he's 32 years old. He's never hit, not just at an above average level. He's, he's never hit at a league average level, which I don't need a superstar offensive shortstop. No. that guy licking league average would be really helpful for me. I, I don't want to just import bats, but the way the Yankees offense was last year, they were dreadful outside of judge and Stanton and Anthony Rizzo for a couple weeks. I'm not bringing in a guy who's guaranteed to hit way below average. Like I'm just not biting that bullet. Not everybody has to be a superstar, but I can't just walk into the season knowing I have someone who's not going to produce offensively. Uh, the Ahmed teams that are in the finals, the Yankees, all four teams would, who should be very disappointed if this is where their offseason ends up because of the other rumors connected to them. It's the Yankees. It's the Chicago Cubs, who 
I don't know who's going to sign Carlos Correa at this point. The Cubs have as much of a chance as anybody. And if they end up with Nick Ahmed, I'd be very upset by that. The Astros themselves, who, you know, are probably the favorites for Correa on a two or three year fat deal. Mm. And if they're not, they're the favorites for Trevor Story. And Nick Ahmed shouldn't be entering their conversation. And the Phillies, who, if they get rid of Didi Gregorius just to trade for Nick Ahmed, an upgrade by what, 3%, 4%, and the upside is higher with Didi, it's more likely he gets back to a level of above average production than it is Nick Ahmed does it for the first time in his life. Um, the, the OPS plus numbers, you know, he had a 67 OPS plus last year. It's Andrelton Simmons level. Hit 16 and 19 bombs and won gold gloves in 2018 and 19. And he was an 83 and a 93 in OPS plus those two years. So no extra base power in a stadium where, you know, the Diamondback Stadium, you can you can hit for extra bases yeah. pretty easily there. And again, 16 and 19 homers in this, to hit 16 homers and be at an 83 OPS plus Weird. shows that none of your profile is it screams bad hitter, even in yeah. years where you have this fringe average home run output. So just want to put it out into the world that, no, I am not on board with that. And it's. It's just, it's Andrelton Simmonsy for me, frankly. Yeah, and it's not even a bargain. He's making a lot of money. He's making almost $8 million next year, and then um, yeah. and then he's on the hook for almost $10.5 million the year after that. And yep. you're talking about surrendering players because what you're not just going to get, they're not just going to say, here's Nick Ahmed, take him, here you go. It's not going to mm-hmm. work like that. So you're surrendering players and or assets for... $18 million over the next two years for a guy. And you want to get into another statistic, WRC plus he hasn't hit above, he hasn't registered a figure above 90 in his entire career uh, outside of um, the shortened season, the shortened season 2020 was 96. Every other year was 90 or below. And every other year aside from uh, 2019 was below 84. Not good. Um, I understand there are, some things to talk about here. The D-backs in recent years have really not been good. So um, what are you going to do? You don't have a lot of people around you to pad the lineup. You're not, you're not able to see more pitches than you'd be uh, accustomed to. However, the D-backs were kind of good like before like 2018 and pr- like for a few years before 2018, and he still wasn't. So they had a lot. JD Martinez was in was on that team when they surged ahead and went to the playoffs. He's still registering those bad numbers. And look, I don't need him to be an all star on both sides of the ball. I understand his defense might be good, but it's not that good, especially if you're looking at uh, other advanced metrics. He had his he had his two best seasons in 2018 and 2019. And then uh, in, when you look at defensive runs saved and, and ultimate zone rating, and then those numbers have plummeted over the last two years. Um, I know the last two years have been trying because of the pandemic and then because of 2021, which was coming off of that. And then the D-backs are in full rebuild mode. So perhaps a change of scenery helps this guy. I don't know. It's just not worth It's not worth what it is. Once again, I would rather them start a prospect at shortstop and not give up anything. I don't want that to happen. But at this point, if we're talking about getting guys on, uh, if we're talking about getting stop gaps or trading for other options, like you said a fat deal for Correa from the Astros. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do a two or three year fat deal for Correa and then bring the prospects up when they're ready to go? I don't see any value in getting Nick Ahmed because look, you either need to be an all around good player to take over at shortstop because shortstop is a very important position. 
or you need to be a complete defensive whiz where nothing is getting by you, or you need to be what Glaber Torres should have been last year. Glaber Torres should have been bad at defense and making up for it with 30 home runs. Glaber Torres was bad at defense and made up for it with no offensive production. So when you're, when you're, if there's no give and take on, on either end there, that's when it's a problem. And if Ahmed's defense is not as good as it was two, three years ago, then there's no value in bringing him in bring him in if he's also not going to hit because I don't see how he's going to lengthen the lineup. Once again, could be a different story if he's surrounded by better hitters, but there's no evidence to suggest that when he did have good hitters with him. So trading for somebody to inherit that much salary, unless the D-backs are eating some there, which I don't think a small market team like them is going to want to eat money on a deal no. that it's like, because they don't need to get rid of them. They're great. This is our shortstop for the next two years. We could figure out a million other things to to upgrade the roster great we could stick with him no reason for them to bend over backwards here to help out the yankees um especially when the yankees took gregorius from them and that was some of their some of their best years uh uh with him at shortstop after the jeter era but yeah i don't see any value here i understand once again we're getting into the depths we're connecting them to everybody shortstop here might be on the move great could go to the yankees yeah could anything could happen a lot of things happen that probably shouldn't. Uh, this really can't happen. Really cannot happen. Fans will be very, very mad. I think they might be more mad if this happened than if Andrelton Simmons happened, to be honest. Because then you're going to start looking into this. You're going to start looking into the numbers here. You pay Andrelton Simmons one year for $4 million and he plays shortstop. Okay, great. You trade for somebody for $18 million over two years and he's Andrelton Simmons-esque. People are going to get really, really pissed off. Yeah, something I'm never going to do is trade for a defensive wizard who's 32 and getting older. I'm just never doing that. I, I appreciate what Nick Ahmed did in his prime. Yeah. Prime's over, and and he might have been a valuable player in 2018. When people started connecting him to the Yankees, by the way, because of Didi's Tommy John and the fact that they were going to start 2019 with a vacancy, people started bet- beating this drum again. Now is not the time. And he's also a Massachusetts native, by the way. In nope. case you think the little intangibles matter, I'm not bringing Nick Ahmed in to restart the New York Yankees when he goes to sleep every night being like, I wish I was on the Boston Red Sox. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Sorry. Best of luck. That stuff matters to me. And the player's not good. According to the numbers, the player's not good. So there you go. Uh, that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer and join us live on youtube on mondays and thursdays two o'clock eastern time to talk yankees all off season long we're going to adjust that schedule when the regular season begins we're going to do live reaction shows to big games you're going to watch us on sunday night baseball we're going to be talking you know on field developments that'll be great for a two so a couple of people just joined the stream uh if either of you are ben verlander please write it in the chat because I'll, I'll stick around for a little while longer i won't end the episode just yet if either of you are ben verlander i'll tell you that right now uh, but until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the good people find you? Look at it right there at Tommy's underscore takes. We're having a good time on Twitter, doing what we can. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Our bylines are there. Off-season content. Uh, we got some cool lists coming out. Formulating some ideas based on what happened last year, what we can improve on this year, who needs to step up this year, what trades might be made. All fun. Talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. And folks, the next time we'll talk to you, Monday, 2 p.m., right here, also on Twitter. Um, Enjoy your weekend and uh, stay safe and be healthy. That's what life's all about, baby. 
Yeah, you're going to like your weekend content, I guarantee it. That's a little men's warehouse quote. Enjoy Championship <laughs> Sunday. Two weeks from now, Super Bowl action. We'll probably be previewing that on the Yankees Go Yard podcast because, again, it's the place that pays us to talk, and the yeah. Yankees, just they just ain't here. So we'll, we'll be talking Super Bowl, too. We'll see everybody on Monday at 2 o'clock. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.